I have a lot that I need to share with you. We need to extend condolences to the family of Lois Whitehead, passed away on Thursday. Her visitation will be tomorrow morning, and the funeral is also tomorrow morning at Calvert Funeral Homes here in Clinton. Also need to extend condolences to the family of Alberta McConnell, that's Edna Mae Sprague's sister, that's Karen Rice and Anita McDonald's uh, mother, a um, lot of other family connected, um, Helen Dora, a lot, lot, lot of individuals are connected to Alberta, and she passed away in California yesterday, and her memorial service will be in California Monday night. So please lift up those two families in prayer. Uh, from our staff, uh, we say congratulations to Ch Tim and Jenny Konauer on the birth of their little girl, Della. She was born during church last Sunday morning, three and a half weeks early. We need to pray for Della. She's back in the hospital at DMH battling jaundice. And I told uh, Jenny last night that we would lift them up in prayer during this time. Today at 1045, if you are a volunteer that serves with our second service worship ministry, whether that's musician or vocalist or sound or computer, there's a meeting in the Family Life Center. Not going to be a long meeting, but would love to have you join us during that time. Need to remember that Families at First returns this week, and the first meal of Families at First is Monocle's Pizza. You can't beat that, so come on out. The meal begins about 5.15 and programming for all ages at 6.15. I'm really excited about our adult study time. We have booked Don Green, Dr. Don Green from Lincoln Christian University for the first three Wednesdays in November, and he's going to be looking at the restoration movement yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But for the month of October, the adults are going to be studying Jesus and Anytime that we see something that is described as the greatest, this week it's the greatest test from Matthew chapter 4, so I hope you'll come out and be a part of Families at First. Need to mention Area Men's is Tuesday night at Hayworth. My friend Jeff Mayfield's preaching. I'm going to be going this Tuesday with the men from the church. Would love to have you join us. Tim Winthy, where are you at? What time are we leaving? 20 after 6, jump on the van or the bus, and we will head to Hayworth. It's going to be a good time. And then next Sunday, big Sunday at FCC, we launch our October sermon series. We're going to be looking at four questions about Jesus and New Testament author answers. Next week, the question is, does Jesus really matter? Is Jesus really a big deal? And we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, looking at chapters 9 and 10. And then next Sunday evening is our next Pray for the Next Generation gathering at 5.30 in the sanctuary. Come on out and join us next Sunday night, October 6th, in the sanctuary to pray. Well, this is week three of a short three-week series entitled, The Women of Jesus. In week one of the series, we looked at Martha and Mary, and the big takeaway was, don't just do something, sit there. Mary was blessed because she couldn't get enough of Jesus. And in the midst of our hustle and bustle and the craziness of our lives, we need to be like Mary. We need to have the work ethic of a Martha, but really understand what matters most and soak in Jesus, soak up Jesus, grow in our faith. Two weeks ago, we looked at the widow of Nain and how Jesus took compassion and turned it into action. And let's all say that word together one more time. I know you love this Greek word, splunk nitsomai. Say that with me, splunk nitsomai. And if you didn't hear that sermon, um, go ahead and check it out on the website. I think I only mentioned it 47 times during the sermon, splunk nitsomai. How many of you remember when we started the Women of Jesus series three weeks ago, I threw out a, a trivia question for you. Who is the only woman 
in the New Testament that is named a disciple. Did anybody look that up? No one, one person followed up with me, and they didn't have the right answer. Anybody know the answer? Huh? Dorcas, also known as Tabitha, in Acts chapter 9. So the next time someone's being mean to you and they call you a Dorcas because you're not, uh, you're not behaving correctly, that's a compliment. Dorcas was a disciple of Jesus. Okay, let's get down to business. This is week three, and we are looking at the life and the ministry of a lady that is mentioned prominently in the Gospels, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. And I've got to start this morning by saying there are major misconceptions about Mary Magdalene. There's a lot of bad information that is out there about Mary Magdalene. Some people ha- have, have written or have communicated that Mary Magdalene was a former prostitute. That, that theory is floating around about Mary Magdalene. Others have said that she is actually the sinful woman mentioned in Luke chapter 7. You may remember this account. We preached it last Thanksgiving, where the sinful woman comes into the home of Simon the Pharisee and anoints the feet of Jesus with a very, very expensive perfume. Many people think that was Mary Magdalene. If you've read or watched the Da Vinci Code, and I wouldn't recommend that you do, but if you have, you know that their conclusion is that Mary Magdalene was actually Jesus' secret lover. They actually had a child together. And that the, 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 the children, um, the, the generations of that children still live on to this day. That, that's a misconception about Mary Magdalene. And then several people believe that she is actually the author of the fourth gospel, the gospel of John. Now my answer to all of these hypotheses is as follows. False, 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 false. There's no proof, there's no bearing whatsoever that she was a former prostitute that she was the sinful woman who anointed Jesus' feet, that she was intimate with Jesus, had children with Jesus, or that she is the author of the fourth gospel. But there is a lot that we do know about Mary Magdalene. In fact, I think it's fair to say that she may be the most prominent or one of the most prominent women in all of the New Testament. And she is someone that we can learn much from in the next 20 minutes, and that's exactly what we're going to do today. She is mentioned 12 times in the New Testament. Jesus cast seven demons out of her in Luke chapter 8. She was one of many who provided for Jesus out of her own means. She witnessed the crucifixion of Christ. She was present at his burial. She arrived at Jesus' tomb on Victory Sunday. She saw the risen Lord. She spoke with him and reported the encounter to the apostles 12 different times. In the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see the name Mary Magdalene. Very, very important individual. She was a woman from the village of Magdala, hence Mary Magdalene. She was very close with Jesus and his disciples. And the reason that we're here today is because we can learn life lessons and faith lessons from Mary Magdalene. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're looking at two of the 12 passages of Scripture I invite you to read along with me. Grab your pew Bible if you want to. The scripture will be up on the screen. And the first scripture we're going to look at is in Luke chapter 8. Following this account in Luke chapter 7, where the sinful woman anoints the feet of Jesus with perfume. Right after that, Luke shares these words. Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. It says, after this, Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news 
of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. That's the twelve disciples. Also with him were some women who'd been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Shuza, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Now, if you're reading through the New Testament in 75 days, or you're just spending a wonderful Sunday afternoon journeying through the Gospel of Luke, you would read these three verses of Scripture, and you might draw the conclusion there's not a lot there that we can grab a hold of. There's not a lot there that we need to spend time worrying about. There's certainly not enough there to spend a Sunday morning sermon slot upon. But I believe right here, there's at least two lessons, two principles that are important for every single Christ follower trying to live for Jesus in 2013. And number one is this, your troubled past does not have to define your present or your future. Your troubled past does not have to define your present or your future. You go back to Luke chapter 8 and you see that she had seven evil spirits removed from her. Seven demons had come out of her. And there are many commentators that would say this might have been mental illness in some capacity. I think most conservative commentators would say that she, she was demon-possessed. There was a force working within her life that was a supernatural force, and Jesus cured her. Jesus freed her. Jesus changed her life forever. Now, what I want you to understand here is that very rarely will you hear someone stand at this pulpit or at any pulpit and say, I once was demon-possessed, but now all is well. This is, um, th- this is a troubled past. A lot of people in our world today are battling with troubled past. Some of you here today When the communion was passed, and you took the bread, and you took the juice, there was a little bit of you that wondered, should I actually take it or not, because of what happened 10 years ago, or 5 years ago, or 5 months ago, or 5 days ago, or last night. Part of our human nature is that if we have made mistakes in our past, if we have fallen short of God's glory in our past, if we're struggling today with something, then I'm not worthy. To, to share in the bread and the wine, the juice in our case. I'm not worthy to be in the presence of Jesus. I'm not worthy. I can't tell you the number of people that I've had the opportunity to visit with over 20 plus years of ministry who will say, Greg, I understand God has forgiven me. I understand so-and-so has forgiven me. I can't forgive myself. The past has a grip on them. And what I love about Luke chapter 8, in verse 2, just kind of a passing comment, is here's a woman that was really struggling in the past. Here's a woman that was out of control in the past. Here's a woman that had every reason to shut down and give up and say, woe is me. Life is a disaster. And yet, we read the gospel account and we see that Mary Magdalene was one that was faithful literally to the very end. When the 12 disciples were running and hiding and fleeing and afraid, Mary Magdalene was there. She refused to allow 
her past to define her. She made a difference in the present and in the future. The second thing that I see here, and some of you are going to say, there you go, preacher, talking about money again. I, I see in the life of Mary Magdalene that if you have financial means, use this blessing, use this gift to make a difference for the kingdom. I really get bent out of shape with prosperity gospel preachers, and I'm not going to name any of them today. And I know that's probably a controversial statement for some of you. Some of you don't even like that I'm even bringing that up in a negative light. But I think that it is absolutely anti-biblical to say that every person will be rich if they just have enough faith in Jesus Christ. I, I don't believe that that's the case. I believe for some people, financial riches will never come our way. And for some of us, we probably ought to say praise the Lord. Because for some, financial riches ha have been their downfall. But what I love about Luke chapter 8 is here's somebody that had financial means. We, we don't know why she had financial means. We don't know to what extent she was blessed financially. But she took what she had and she used it to fund the ministry of Jesus and the 12 disciples along with the other women that are mentioned here, Joanna, Susanna, and many others. These are women that were blessed and said, we refuse to keep the blessing to ourselves. These are women that had financial means and allowed Jesus and his disciples to go and to change the world. And so there's nothing wrong with being rich. But I've heard many people say there, there's a problem with staying rich, keeping it all to yourself. And I would say to you, to every person that's gathered here today, I know we've got a lot of visitors, some of you I may have never met before, if God's blessed you financially, my challenge for you is this, what are you using your financial blessing to make a difference in the kingdom today? What are you doing with it? How is God using you through this gift that you have to make a difference today? I'm not talking amounts. I'm not talking specific projects. We're not going to pass the offering plate again. I just want to throw that out to you this morning. That if you are blessed financially, are you using it for God's glory? Are you making a difference today? I love Luke chapter 8. But a much more prominent passage Probably 96% of us that are gathered here today have read the John chapter 20 account. John chapter 20 is the account of the resurrection. It's Victory Sunday. Normally we preach this in March or in April. But in John chapter 20, we see John's account of Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene on Victory Sunday. Several verses I'm going to read and I've got two takeaways for you. And then we're going to go eat some apple and some pork. John chapter 20, verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Mary Magdalene. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head, the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. And at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, 
tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Instead, go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had seen, that he had said these things to her. Word of the Lord, John chapter 20. Two, two takeaways for us this morning from John chapter 20 is, see, first of all, Mary Magdalene had a persistence to continue to do ministry in the midst of personal devastation. See, when Jesus died on the cross, all who were close to Jesus, they were confused. They were scared. Many went into hiding ran for their lives. Jesus had been preaching for how long that he was going to die and in three days rise again. But I'm not sure they really understood it. I'm not sure they really visualized it playing out quite like this. Maybe they'd never witnessed a crucifixion up close and personal. Maybe they'd never seen the, the, the mockery before, the pain, the agony. Maybe they'd never watched someone die a death by execution on the cross quite like Jesus did. But for whatever the reason, John chapter 20 later on tells us that the disciples, they were behind locked doors and they were hiding. They were probably thinking that they were next. And I don't know this, this is speculation on my part, but my guess is there was a part of Mary Magdalene that wanted to just stay in bed that Sunday morning, wanted to just be sad, wanted to just mourn, wanted to just try to forget. But instead, here she is, heading to the tomb, doing what needs to be done. I think the real mark of a sold-out follower of Christ is not how do they do the Christian life when everything is great. Can I give you an obvious statement this morning? It's easy to be a follower of Jesus when your health is good, when you're excelling at your job, when your kids are under control, when everything is peaches and cream. It's easy to be a follower of Jesus. When your world is turned upside down, when you hear the disease word, when you're devastated by the choices that your kids make, when divorce visits you or someone that's close to you, when life isn't what you hoped it would be, I think the real mark of your faith and the intensity of your faith will be revealed one way or another. And in the midst of devastation, Mary Magdalene is there doing ministry, meeting needs. And so I throw out to you today, maybe you're on the mountaintop, maybe you're in the valley, maybe 2013's been grand, maybe it's been a train wreck. Where are you faith-wise? Where are you ministry-wise? 
Where are you in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Second takeaway, look at the enthusiasm that Mary had to go and to tell the good news. Now, to be fair, Jesus said to her, go and tell the others. So, I mean, she's, she's following what he told her to do. She couldn't wait. See, the next account in John chapter 20 is she shows up at the house that the disciples are at and knocks on the door, and the door is locked, and they're, they're trying to be all, you know, secretive, and who is it? And she comes in, and she shares the good news. He is risen. He is risen indeed. You remember what they say to her? You must have seen a ghost. You must have had too much to drink last night. You must be seeing visions in your mind. What, what do you mean? We were at the cross on Friday. And she just keeps being very persistent, telling the good news. He's risen. He's risen indeed. It was Friday, but it's Sunday. Sharing the good news. that Jesus Christ has risen and everything has changed. How good are you at being Christ's? ambassador how good are you at taking your faith and not keeping it private but sharing it in a public way in a way that people are open to hearing the good news i went to a football game at the university of illinois about three weeks ago and right before he walked in there was this huge sign that someone was holding up I don't know, did anybody see it that day, the big yellow sign at Memorial Stadium? Nobody went to the game that day? Okay, that's all right. Um, you couldn't miss it. But it criticized Christians. It criticized the church. It was, a, it was a very offensive sign from my perspective. And if it wasn't five minutes till kickoff, I probably would have went and engaged the guy that was wearing the sign, carrying the sign that day. Um, that's probably too much. That's not what I'm talking about today. What I am talking about today is that person in your life that you know needs Jesus. Will you turn the conversation to Christ? Will you turn the conversation to faith? For some of us, it, it's simply starting by inviting them to join us. I, I did some consulting this week for another Christian church in our area, and I met a lady that was very disgruntled with her church and some decisions that had been made and wasn't going anywhere, wasn't at church anywhere for several months. And someone invited her to a Tuesday morning Bible study. A Tuesday morning Bible study. Do you want to come with me? And today she's involved in the welcome ministry. She's plugged in. She, she's back on fire for Jesus. Guess what, ladies? We have a Tuesday morning Bible study, don't we? Will you have that conversation? Will you go and tell the good news. Bottom line for you this morning is this. Don't let your past be the defining factor in your faith story, in your life story, whether it's good or bad. Many of us have great past. What are you doing today? What are you doing tomorrow that'll make a difference? Mary Magdalene had every right in the world to throw in the towel. And say, woe is me. And instead, it was her that was at the tomb on Sunday morning. It was Mary Magdalene who helped change her world for Jesus Christ. Let's do the same. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the chance to 
to study these incredible women and, and really the power of your son Jesus Christ in these lives of these women. And I thank you for Mary Magdalene. I thank you for a woman that didn't give up, a woman that didn't throw in the towel, and a woman who helped change her world. Help us to be like her. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. It is invitation time as it is every Sunday here at FCC. And if you have a decision to make for Jesus Christ, we invite you to come forward and to give your life to Christ. If you need prayer, um, I'm up front. I'd love to pray with you. Adam's up front as well. Kent Hickerson and Colin Mattingly are in the back. If we can pray with you, please come as we stand together. Mark leads us in our song of commitment.